0: Welcome to Why the Why podcast, where we dive into stories from the Valley of the Sun YMCA's community. I'm Becca Varney, a community relations coordinator for the Valley of the Sun YMCA and your host.
1: Everyone there was really not only welcoming, but there was a constant encouragement. If you know and you recognize where you come from and like your culture and your family history and family background, like that shouldn't be taken away from you just because you're in a new place.
0: It is Welcoming Week across the nation, an opportunity to celebrate immigrants' contributions and unity. On this special episode, we hear Luis's story, starting with his mom's migration from Mexico and how his participation in the Youth in Government program at the Y welcomed him and gave him a voice to share about his culture. Luis, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really honored and excited to hear your story. So let's just jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: All right, so um, I am 18 years old. Um, So I'm from here, from Phoenix. Um, My whole family is the one that are from Mexico. So my mom kind of crossed over here and just a little bit after. Um, She came here, she had me in May, Um, so I've just uh, been born and raised here, uh, originally from like Maryville, Arizona, so a little bit more specific, but um, in general, it's just been Phoenix. Um, I've grown up here, I have an older sibling who is also from Mexico, Um, he's uh, 27 years old, Um, he's also deaf, so I've learned to speak sign language through him, so that's been a really cool little fun fact. Um, I also have two younger siblings who are also um, from Phoenix, and um, it's my sister uh, who's uh, 12 years old, so she's getting a little older, um, and my younger brother who's nine years old. My mom originally came by herself, uh, kind of uh, like in the way she kind of tells me, just to get a scope of things, and um, originally her plan was just um, to make money here and uh, send back home to, you know, support my brother so he could keep having his special schooling uh, in Mexico, just so he could, um, you know, keep learning as um, a person who was deaf. Um, But eventually my mom decided that the best thing was for uh, her to go back and bring him with her um, here to the United States. Mm
0: -hmm. Amazing. So can you talk to kind of why she decided to bring your brother here and then eventually have you and your two other younger siblings?
1: Yeah, no. um, So originally my mom, um, she, from a young age, she had to stop, you know, going to school. Um, So that was, I think her whole life, that was something that she kind of recognized as something she didn't want to progress in a cycle. So I think from, from not going to school herself, I think the equivalent to, you know, the United States, I think she probably went to like third grade and that was probably like the max that she did. So um you know having to drop school at such a young age and just start working with her mom uh, my mom my her grandma or my grandma I mean her mom um owns a taco shop so that's kind of um she had to you know work a lot towards it and like when she was able to get it she like found a tiny bit of stability but before that um my mom tells me stories of um my grandma um, they live in Veracruz which is um a really coastal um it's on the coast of Mexico by the Gulf of Mexico and so they do a lot of fishing there and fish is a huge like product there so what my grandma would do she would go fishing herself fill up like two big buckets full of fish and she would um have a pole um across her shoulders and from each like you know end of the pole she would have one of the buckets and she would go around the town walking around and selling it. And that's how she made a living for a really long time until she was able to get her talker shop together. Um, But, you know, she like not only that, but one of my mom, uh, my mom's older sister, um, my mom always talks to me about how she was a role model to her just because she had to act as like the mom that, um, you know, my grandma couldn't be because she was so busy. Um, So they would do their own little like side hustles, like um, trying to like sell things here and there, uh, you know, shine shoes, um, do anything that could make some money just to help everyone like, you know, eat. And um, so she saw that, um, you know, she started recognizing that that wasn't really a way to live. Like it wasn't even living. It was like surviving at some point. Um, So she decided that, um, you know, people, a lot of people started coming to the U.S., And they always talked a lot about opportunity and, um, you know, a lot of growth. And she recognized that if she was to have a family and she had already had my brother at the time, um, she wanted, you know, better for him, especially him being deaf. um, They kind of rejected the notion of um, a like sign language in uh, Mexico. And they almost tried forcing him to talk. And it was really hard for him. And, you know, he was able to, like, mumble out a few words, but it was was never like to what they wanted it to be. so my mom realized that that wasn't the education he like he needed or deserved. Um, so mainly she came at first to like, um, you know, provide sustenance for her family back home. But then eventually she realized that this was like, you know, the future not only for her, but for like us as a family. And so um, my, my older brother was able to be enrolled in uh, the Phoenix Country Day School for the deaf and blind here because um, he did get here um, at around 11 years old. Um, he migrated with my mom over here and um, you know he finished he graduated I remember going to his graduation it was really cool um, and it was like mom I remember my mom telling me like you know like I didn't you know I never saw a graduation like at her age you know and so finally being able to like see that with their kids was like such a great accomplishment and so now furthering it more uh, my older brother didn't go to college so now I'm the first one in my whole family to go to college. So, you know, it's uh just graduating myself, too. My mom kind of saw it as a huge accomplishment. And then she, you know, she she encouraged me a lot to keep pursuing um, a higher education, which is something I already wanted. So it was, um, you know, something that I hope to, you know, become a role model for my younger siblings, um, just because my mom has put on all the work. So, you know, it'd be I have such an advantage that she couldn't have, that it'd be a waste to not, you know, pursue all the opportunities that she came here for. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. That is a very powerful story just with the whole background. I mean, it goes back to even your grandma carrying those, that fish on her shoulders like that. I bet you've had some great tacos in your life as well. talking about a taco shop. (laughs) I love that. And I was going to ask if you were first generation and yeah, so your first child in your family to go to college, which is powerful in itself. And we were chatting before just what you're going for. Um, What made you want to go for political science at ASU?
1: I think it all starts with kind of with youth and government. Um, Because originally I was uh, like from a little kid. um, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to college just because I guess college is always, kind of a taboo like word almost because me and my older brother have an 11 year age gap. So he graduated in 2012. I graduated in 2021 from high school. Um, so seeing him graduate and not go to college in my mind, like instantly I thought like, oh, college isn't a possibility for me. So like, why even, um, you know, consider it at that point? And growing up, we call it Westside Phoenix. Uh, going to the schools there I kind of see saw the older students slowly like go away and like we I started recognizing what the term dropping out meant mm-hmm. um, so there was a lot of like dropout rates well which I didn't you know I didn't recognize it as dropping out I just recognized it they them not going to school anymore um, but there was a really a huge lack of motivation um, back then but my thoughts originally um were I wanted to become like a chemist because it seemed like really cool to be pouring like different chemicals together and then blowing up because I was like the only notion I had of chemistry but um uh eventually it started um I really started liking math and like science so I was like you know I'm gonna go into engineering of some sorts mechanical engineering was my initial thought but um it was always like really like oh, I'm good at math, like, might as well just put my, like, you know, my talent to use and do that, right, um, but it was never really an interest, per se, but um, I remember sophomore year, I think it was sophomore year, or the summer before sophomore year, was when I, um, uh, in my scholarship program, Boys Up, Girls Soap, they said, you know, there's a scholarships available for a summer camp at this thing called Youth in Government, and, you know, if you're in interested in politics and stuff like that you guys should take it you should do whatever and me having at that time I had like no knowledge no awareness of like the whole political world of the government of law uh anything in general but I was like you know I have like nothing to do might as well do it uh and I paired up with like two of my other friends from the program and we decided to do it and uh that was my first interaction with Elise um our now state director so I think it just started from there I remember being so close. We took a trip to the state capitol and I think being so close to the seats of like the senators and the house representatives and taking a tour of that state capitol somewhere that seemed like really foreign to me. Um, it, it just kind of lighted something up in me and like, you know, my curiosity started like um, going crazy. So I, um, I remember like, I remember going home, like Googling Googling the word like politics, like just that, because I had like nothing, I had no knowledge of like what I was like looking at. Um, But then I started going to, you know, the weekly meetings, say you think government at the downtown Y. And um, from there, just meeting everyone that was there. I know some of the older delegates I like now see here at ASU and I'm like friends with and we still meet together. But um, I think finally being able to go to model legislator. Um, in December um, was kind of what like did it for me it took me like a long time to talk for the first time but once I did like I remember um, there was a delegate she's like two years older than us um, but she was like turned out like a great friend her name is Cami, and uh, I remember her uh, kind of just uh, encouraging me the whole first day and then the second day when I talked she was like yo just keep going and like, that's what I did. And I just kept talking and talking and I couldn't seem to get enough of it. But I think like a big thing that like kind of fuels my like interest is kind of just the disconnect I felt in the beginning, because um, I think coming from like a family of immigrants, I, I always felt like, you know, the government and like laws and like politics in general were always against me. And they always seemed like something foreign, you know, the same way that I, like, you know, my family probably seems foreign, like that felt foreign to me. Um, And I was like, you know, I have to stay away from that. There's no way that I can partake in that, you know, knowing my family's background. But I think, yeah, I kind of built a bridge between that of where I could, um, you know, find that connection between, you know, I might feel disconnected, but there's actually, you know, I have a place in, you know, not only the United States, but in the world of government. And so I became really interested in it and that's kind of what I pursue now. And hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that after my four years here, I'll go into law school and, you know, see where that goes.
0: Thank you for backfilling that for me, by the way. I forgot to mention that you were a youth in government participant. So there is the connection to the political science degree.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh,
0: that's awesome. And thank you for that detail, too. That's really powerful. Um, even just starting with that that scholarship can you talk a little bit more to that scholarship that you received that kind of gave you that introduction to youth and government at the Y?
1: Yeah so the scholarship program uh, that I was originally in was voice of gross Soap. Soap. Uh, at first I'm gonna be like completely honest like I was like really not interested in like you know you know, pursuing like like more challenging education stuff like that but my mom kind of saw like you know she's like you have like this little like talent or gift for school so why not like pursue it more you know they were able to fund private schooling for middle school and high school and so that's kind of where like my like entrance to everything kind of happened but yeah so they told us um, the previous I think state director was uh, Brooke she was a uh, she was a great personality and so she found a connection to that scholarship program and so they offered scholarships for the youth and government summer camp and they just continued, um, you know, they saw our, saw my need and saw like our need in general. And so they were able to keep providing scholarships um, continuously, like not only for the summer camp, but also for the Model Edge and then the judicial um, program that they also had.
0: This episode is rele- is being released during welcoming week. So that's, you know, the opportunity to celebrate immigrants and your families and your contributions. So can you talk a little bit more to how the why kind of welcomed you and your family? Um, was your brother involved in this why experience at all or your mom? What did that kind of look like for you in terms of welcoming you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I think at first I was really um kind of closed off about my family like life my family information like kind of just stuff that had to relate to my family just because you know i felt that not only is my mom kind of like new to that like everything like she wouldn't understand it but like there's also a language barrier and there's like i i felt like there were there would be like a really like disconnect where i think at some point i almost felt like embarrassed you know just to share like my background um, just because I felt like no one could, like, you know, either relate or understand it. There was, like, our group in uh, the downtown Y was really diverse. Um, there was, like, a lot of different backgrounds, and in general, there was just a lot of, like, understanding. And I remember going to, like, my first meeting, and I was, like, really shy. I was, like, you know, I just wanted to, like, you know, sit in my chair and just listen and not participate. Like, everyone there was really, really not only welcoming, but there was a constant encouragement um, that kind of like pushed me to not only, you know, talk more during Model Edge to like go, go and debate like the harder topics, but kind of just be myself and kind of grow, grow that and could develop that. I think they were just able like having that constant support and encouragement of like, you know, you can do this, like, you know, there's nothing you can't do, um, was kind of kind of what made me come, come out of my shell a little bit more. Not only were like the scholarships really helpful to kind of include me, Um, because I think like, you know, without them, I wouldn't have been able to participate and take advantage of such a great opportunity. But, you know, like Brooke and Elise were always, you know, trying to accommodate for any like barriers, like whether it be like language barriers or kind of just trying to get my mom to understand like why I'm going to North Carolina for a week um, for like, you know, Kona. And they were always you know, there is a way and I think i, I re- that's what I really love about the Y is just that they're they're like, you know, we're never going to turn anyone away if they really want to be involved and take part in whatever they want. Like we'll find a way. And like, you know, they raise money like all types of ways. And I just love how they really want everyone to be included if they really want to be part of it.
0: Yes, we definitely are for all. And your story is so empowering. And to have that support is is so empowering and helpful to, to pursue your dreams. One question I did want to ask, we learned, we've been learning a lot about youth and government on the podcast. Yeah. I've had some great youth and government participants on here. So I've been learning a lot for sure uh, with model legislative. Um, is there a certain topic that you have been debating during that?
1: So we have not only, we have model ledge, which is kind of like the state um, kind of conference. And then we also have Kona, which is um the conference on national affairs um so that's more like federal laws but um a big focus that i have just cuz it's been a bigger influence in my life has been education something that i was able to debate and uh constantly i was, it was i was i just found a huge passion for education kind of more of the uh equality essence of it kind of just making sure everyone kind of has the same opportunity um to grow i focused a lot on dropout rates you know kind of just talking about how they influenced in my life seeing them so closely. One of my bills was on uh, kind of addressing high school dropout rates. And so it offered, um, I I know, not only from experience, but like, um, kind of research and talking to people. um, A big part of like why people drop out is um, financial reasons, just because, you know, the same way my mom, you know, stopped attending school to help out the family here, they drop out as soon as they can to help, you know, their parents at home pay rent or pay or pay whatever it needs to be paid. Um, So addressing that kind of that one problem, I what I did was I kind of left options um, for finishing the degree, I required um, a diploma. um, But I offered that instead of dropping out, there was like more options, like GED programs, whether it be like night classes or you know, really flexible schooling there. Cause um, I like researched and then there was like plenty of like other options that are kind of just like not being taken. And then um, another issue that came up was like paying for those. But then again, there's like also scholarships for that. Um, So instead of offering like, you know, like the rigid, like go to school from like 8am to like 3pm, it was more something that could accommodate for those people that are like really need to like work while they they're in high school that can go to school for like less hours and work more um, to be able to sustain everything and kind of make it easier not only for them but their families there's also like research how like you know a person with a high school diploma makes a lot more than like someone with that one and then if they do like you know choose to pursue higher education a person with either an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree make a lot more than you know just a high school diploma so kind of just um addressing that and I know another one um that I was able to debate. I was kind of debating, amending like a term on the constitution about uh, patents. I think uh, that stems actually from my sister who um, recently, I think like November last year, um, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So kind of seeing how expensive insulin is, and um, kind of like part of that is patents. And it's, it's a really complex like healthcare uh, issue. But um, in essence, it was kind of like asking the question like, If people really need like a medicine to live, like why are we like, you know, having such high cost for it? And a lot of it had to do with patents and like the ownership of medicine and stuff like that.
0: I love both of those. And I I personally think it's so interesting of what your family background is like and what your history is like to what your interests are now and your passions are now. And it's so cool to see that you've kind of connected those and even now going to school for political science um, in that whole realm like that, which I think is super powerful. And I just love seeing that connection and that kind of like aha moment of lining up all of your experiences, right? I think it's so cool. Kind of to flow into that, what is your aspirations for your family and for your community? Do you have any aspirations with the work that you're you're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of does start in my family. Like, for me, I kind of just want to be, you know, not only that role model for my siblings, I kind of, I kind of want them, you know, I've continuously helped them you know, they weren't old, they're not old enough to like receive the same like program that I I was in in like 5th grade, but um I I still kind of like help my mom um apply to scholarships on her own and like so they've been able to like, you know, go through private schooling um themselves. Um, you know, with me and my mom kind of being really involved in um, you know, filling out scholarship applications and like doing everything we can to like have them get a better education. From there, you know, hopefully they graduate high school and from there, you know, I obviously want them to um go to college, but if that's not, you know, something in their plans or in their best interest, plenty of ways to be successful. And that's just one of them. So I just want, first of all, yeah, that'd be my first goal. Um, But for my community, I think it's um, equal access to quality education. That's kind of like my pressing topic in my mind, just because, you know, before I started going to private schools and seeing like how great of an education can be, I started off with like places that you know, there weren't enough textbooks for like the whole class, or our weekly reading was from like ripped up books that, you know, there was a page missing like here and there. And um, having that kind of like clash and like disparity um, and like being able to experience them both equally as much and see like what's right and what isn't right that kind of has like pushed me to bring that equality between, you know, Westside Phoenix and North Phoenix um, that I've been able to see and, and I kind of just want, you know, kids to have that motivation and kind of um, see that, you know, they are able not only not only graduate high school, but go to college. And I think it's it's all rooted in opportunity. And just being able to bring that opportunity to everyone is kind of just where we can start.
0: Love that. So last couple of questions. Your story is amazing. I could talk to you all day. So if you knew someone that was coming to your community, what advice would you tell them? Like if you had more family members coming from Mexico or just anybody coming into your community, what kind of advice would you give them to find that voice, to find that inclusion that you found?
1: Yeah, I I actually always tell this to my mom, but it's uh, the first... Piece of advice um, would be to be open. But at the same time, my second piece of advice would be to be sure of yourself mm-hmm. and of like who you are and who you come from. Cause, you know, first, like you're coming into like a whole new community and there's like stuff like you kind of learn as you go on and experience a lot of things. And there's, you know, my mom has like experienced a lot of it, but, you know, there's people that, you know, won't like you just because of your skin color. And there's like, you know, there's plenty of bad things that are going to happen, but there's also plenty of good things that can happen um, and kind of just being open to experiencing both and knowing that you will experience both is something that you could keep in mind. But at the same time, I think if you are, if you know and you recognize where you come from and like your culture and your family history and family background, like that shouldn't be taken away from you just because you're in a new place. And I think I... Um, I went through a little bit of that kind of just, you know, in middle school, going from, you know, an all Hispanic charter school, um, an elementary school to a middle school that was predominantly white. um, I felt a lot of disconnect and I felt like my culture was something to be embarrassed of or something to, you know, forget just so I can like become included into like this new community was something that, you know, once I started going into high school where there was like more kids. Of you know, like my culture and my background, um being Mexican American, I started to regain and re you know relearn everything that I had kind of like I started to either forget or choose to forget. But being proud, I think of like your culture, like you know, the United States really is a melting pot. And even though, like you know, maybe people like white people might like you know, be a huge chunk of the population. like there's still so much that like you know, even someone with like you know, a light skin color, Um, you know, they have plenty of culture in them and like a lot of places where they come from. And there's like something we can all relate to and find a like common ground in that I think it'd be like, you know, ways to forget where you come from and like the rich culture you come from and not be proud of it.
0: Absolutely. That is such great advice, especially just with your experience. And that you've learned that through your experience and are able to now give that back to the community and give that advice back. Uh, So I do just want to open it back up to you. If there was anything else that you wanted to add about your story or something that we didn't quite touch on that you just want to share to this community, because I'm sure there's plenty, plenty more to share about your story. But I'll just open it up back up to you if there's anything else you'd like to add.
1: Um, I think the last thing would just be, you know, give everything a chance. Whether some people are like, you know, listening and they're like, oh, you think government, what is that? Or kind of just whatever it is, like where you are, kind of just give it a chance. And there's always, you know, going to be someone there to encourage you to push, like to grow. And I think if you like me, if I hadn't given you think government a chance, I'd probably be a mechanical engineering major right now. at ASU give it a chance to find something you truly love to do.
0: Yeah. I love that. And now you're fulfilling passions and have something exciting to look forward to and all the great work that you're doing. So, this mm-hmm. has been a blast. I've learned so much just about, you know, what you've been through and I'm so excited to put this out to the community during yeah. welcoming week cuz it's awesome to hear these stories and the backgrounds of families and where they come from and where you are now. So, I really appreciate you sharing this story with me and I like I said earlier, I'm so honored to be able to cover this
1: sure no thank you for just having me and you know great
0: conversation thanks for listening to learn more about our program offerings and community impact visit valleyymca.org if you like this episode please rate and review wherever you get your podcast